0: I'm on. Am I on? I think I'm on. Okay, good. Good morning, everybody. Boy, it's amazing how much room we gain <laughs> we gained by removing the drums. Not that I want the drums removed. I we we need to get the drums back in, you know? But uh this is this is awesome. This is nice, but the room looks now so big. So big, that's good. So we can invite more people. More people to come, right? Uh we're gonna be in Luke this morning. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I'll read the text and then pray for the preaching of God's Word. So if we're there, pull out my glasses so I can read. God's Word says this in Luke chapter 19, I think I may have said 9, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in, natu- in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they had saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, I the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since also he since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this story of a man who has received salvation through Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, now that you would use this text to encourage us in how we can continue to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to others who are lost, who do not know you that they may receive the power of salvation through our Lord and Jesus. So, so we we ask Lord that you would you would do this for us. Help us to to hear your word. Help it. Help us to 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 receive your word, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, there's so much to unpack in, this, in these 10 verses, um, so much there, but, but I'm going to attempt to only look at the areas that apply to our current series on making disciples. Uh, we've just covered four messages on how to go and make disciples, um, with each message, message focusing on one particular word, uh, connect. Care, communicate, and commit. Well, the next four messages are going to deal with conversion stories, with the first being the conversion of Zacchaeus. So, I'm going to pack as much as I can into two subpoints that highlight Zacchaeus and Jesus. Along the way, I'll, I'll make application where I think it's helpful, and then at the end, um, I'll close with how this applies to our current mission on making disciples. Um, I've got a lot to cover, and as usual, I'm going to do it in less than two hours, so so let's get right to it, okay? Point number one, Zacchaeus, the little man who became big. Zacchaeus, the little man who became big. Jesus had entered uh, Jericho and was passing through on his way to Jerusalem. When he stopped for a divine encounter. The story of Zacchaeus is often told in a funny way. You think about a little man running ahead to climb into a tree just to see Jesus. In fact, it's also been made into a fun song for kids. I'm not going to sing it, but it starts off like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Now, I know some of you know this. You're laughing. You know this probably. It goes on, and it has hand gestures <laughs> that you go through and so forth. Um, we didn't sing it to our kids because I, did, I never really knew it. But, but in, in all seriousness, though, the story of Zacchaeus marks a very important part in Luke's account of Jesus' life. It is, it's the last personal encounter that Jesus has before entering Jerusalem where he's going to be rejected by man, mocked, and flogged, and killed. Then to rise on the third day to reign victorious over death and be seated at the right hand of God, having paid our debt in full for the sins of men, so that we may be reconciled to God. This is a serious time. A serious story. This story is a salvation story of Zacchaeus. And it has two connections to previous stories from chapter 18. The first being the the healing of the blind beggar. That was a story of a beggar who was sitting on the side of the road and heard this all this this crowd come through and asked who what's going on. And they told him that it's Jesus coming through. And so he yells out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they're they're telling him to, to keep quiet. This is a man who was lost in his blindness and poverty and was healed. Now compare that to Zacchaeus, who was lost in his wealth, his riches and corruption, and was saved. In the story previous to this one, in verses 13, 18 to 30, the the rich ruler who wanted to know how to inherit eternal life and then went away sad because he Jesus told him, give away everything that you have to the poor and come and follow me. In which Jesus follows up with this in verses 24 through 27. He says, Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. In the story of Zacchaeus, we're about to see a camel go through the eye of a needle. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Zacchaeus was rich. He was what you would call filthy rich. As a chief tax collector, he had other tax collectors working for him, bringing what they collected, then taking his cut before paying uh, the Romans. He was despised and hated because he collected and extorted from his own people. He was hated by his own people, and, and this probably made him miserable and alone. And so he probably was also not happy in his wealth. Isn't strange how some people who have it all are they think they ha- we we think that they have it all and yet they're unhappy they're not satisfied there's something missing he had it all yet he lacked satisfaction he was not satisfied in fact he was seeking he was searching for something to bring him happiness and he was seeking out jesus perhaps because he had heard of a fellow tax collector named Levi, who we know as Matthew, who left everything and was following Jesus. So perhaps, this intrigued him. Could this Jesus provide the happiness I seek? What it was, though, was God divinely drawing him to a certain spot at a certain time for a divine purpose. You see, as the crowd was gathering around Jesus uh, as he was passing through, Zacchaeus couldn't see because um, he was short. He was small in stature. So he decided to run ahead and climb into a tree so he could get a better view. And when Jesus divinely got to a certain spot, he looked up and called to Zacchaeus to come down. He said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. I must stay at your house today. A divinely orchestrated meeting for a divinely orchestrated purpose. It wasn't happenstance. It wasn't happenstance that that they should meet. It wasn't, hey, can I stay with you tonight? Or or do you mind if I stay at your house? So as to leave room for any rejection, it was in verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. We could easily insert divinely in there for example and when jesus divinely came to the place he divinely looked up and said divinely to him zacchaeus hurry and come down for i must stay at your house zacchaeus was divinely moved to seek out jesus and jesus was divinely seeking out Zacchaeus, both of which were sovereign works of God. Sovereign works of God. A meeting which was providentially ordained before the foundation of the world. Providentially ordained before the foundation of the world. Regions one, four, six, this is very familiar a sovereign God, changing the heart of stone into heart of flesh. Drawing him to a meeting with the Savior for a divine purpose. Salvation. God sovereignly drawing a man, a rich, wealthy, sinful man to a place where he's going to meet with a divinely sovereign savior for a purpose. Not just any purpose, but a divine purpose. A purpose that fulfills God's will. A purpose that fulfills his own will. Salvation. Now, let me let me pause here just to make something very, very clear. We are not anyone's Savior. We are not anyone's Savior. We are commanded to share the gospel with the lost. God sovereignly orchestrates our encounters for us to share the gospel. That's all. He does the saving, not us. And not all who hear the gospel will be saved. Some will reject it to their own peril. So when we're sharing the gospel with someone, we can put aside the anxiety of thinking we have to do it perfectly, otherwise it won't take effect or it won't work. God will use you in whichever way he sees fit. It may be to share for the first time in someone's life the good news. They may be at the beginning of a long journey towards salvation or they may have been prepared beforehand and you're about to be a part of making things very clear for them. Causing them to give their life to Jesus. We don't know. We don't know where we are in God's plan. But we do know this. We are to share the good news of Jesus Christ with all, period. We are to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone that we come in contact with. Even those who already have been saved, we can share our testimony, our story with them so that they can be encouraged too. We can ask people who we know have been saved, what is your testimony? I want to be encouraged by that. And certainly we should share the gospel with those who are lost and don't know about Jesus and his saving grace. So Jesus calls to Zacchaeus to come down from the tree because he must stay at his house today. And Zacchaeus hurries down and received him joyfully. He says, joyfully. Can you can you imagine? Imagine for a minute that you're Zacchaeus. You know you're disliked. You're unhappy and alone in life. And Jesus, with all grace, calls you personally by name. and tells you I'm going to stay at your house today. This is what happened to you. If you're a believer of Jesus Christ, if you've been saved, Jesus called you by name. Immediately, Zacchaeus' fear and embarrassment all his feelings of rejection and hatred, his loneliness disappear. Maybe for the first time he felt loved. Do you know somebody? Do you know someone who may feel this way? They don't get along with anyone. They're they're always unhappy. They're always alone. And you come along and show them love. And you begin to share with them the love of Jesus through the gospel. What an amazing opportunity. A providentially ordained, divinely purposed meeting by a sovereignly by a sovereign God. So he comes down and receives Jesus with all joy. And they head off to his house. Now no doubt they're talking, they're communicating, telling stories, The whole family is there, maybe over a meal. And Jesus is telling them about the good news that he brings. And Zacchaeus and his household get saved. Verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Half to the poor. Half to the poor. The rest, probably all of the rest, because he he probably defrauded a lot of people. A lot of people hated him. The rest he's going to restore fourfold to anyone he's defrauded. Now that is giving away all that you have. He's walking through the eye of the needle, and he's coming out on the other end alive. Because what is impossible with man is possible with God. Remember the rich ruler? (laughs) What's impossible with man is possible with God. Zacchaeus, the little man, had become big. Salvation has come to him and his house. What was empty before was now filled. What was lacking had now been satisfied. Satisfied to the point that he no longer desired to collect wealth and riches for his satisfaction, but rather was now determined to give it all away. He walked into his house, the littlest man in Jericho, and walked out the biggest man in town because of Jesus. When you share the gospel with someone and some salvation comes into their heart, it will be because of Jesus Christ. He alone is our salvation. He alone is our salvation. Point number two, Christ alone is our salvation. Verse 9 says, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. Um, Arkent Hughes says this about verse 9. I quote, Zacchaeus had been saved, and the liberating joy of salvation was coursing through his soul. By faith, Zacchaeus had become a true son of Abraham he now shared the faith and works of Abraham. This is something that now Zacchaeus and Abraham shared. Because of Abraham's faith, he was called righteous by God. Because of Zacchaeus' faith in Jesus, he is made righteous. He is made righteous in him who is our salvation. Zacchaeus was called a son of Abraham because he was, in a spiritual sense, having faith in Jesus. Not something that was guaranteed to him, or guaranteed to Jews or the circumcised, but rather because he was one of God's elect, a chosen vessel from before the foundation of the world. One might look at this verse and say, well... Jesus is salvation. And, and so he was speaking of himself when he said, you know, today salvation has come to this house. Meaning, I myself have invited myself to stay with Zacchaeus. But it wasn't, it wasn't a play on words. But rather it was, it was true salvation that came to this house. And we know that because Zacchaeus' response When salvation comes into someone's heart, he or she becomes a new person. A new person in Christ. What once was important to them, like material possessions, become immaterial. Their grip on material things is loosened. Their focus has changed. Their desires have changed. The bonds to sin have been broken and they are no longer in bondage to it. So their desire to repent and turn from sin is now a driving force in their life. I'm sure it was a driving force in your life. True salvation has the power to change lives. Jesus has the power to change lives. He is our salvation. He alone is our salvation. Does that mean we no longer sin? No. But the payment for our sins, past, present, and future, have been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. When we accept that he died on the cross for our sins and believe in him. And our desire to sin diminishes because of our desire to walk in a manner that is worthy of him who gave his life that we might have eternal life. We might sin, but we, still, we, we, we are no longer a slave to it because of his righteousness put on us. So salvation has come to Zacchaeus and his family, to his house. And with it, Jesus declares what may be the main theme of all of Luke. In verse 10, he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. What a statement. This is, in Luke, this is probably the pinnacle of what is going on in this gospel of Luke, for him to say that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. It is what he was charged to do here on earth to seek and to save the lost. Jesus sought out. Zacchaeus, because of the sovereign work of God to save the lost through Jesus Christ. For the Son of Man came to save, to seek, and to save the lost. Jesus Christ alone is our salvation. God determined before the foundation of the world who would be chosen to be holy and blameless before him, and he sent his Son to accomplish his mission of redeeming His people to Himself. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to keep us until He brings us into the new heaven and the new earth where we will rejoice with one voice and God will be with us and and He will be our God. In summary, let me talk about this last point. How how do we apply this to our current mission to go and make disciples? Well, there are several several things for us to, to keep in mind. From this particular text, first and foremost is that God is sovereign in our meetings with the lost, he is sovereign in our meetings with the lost and with our sharing of the gospel with others. We don't have to be anxious or feel fearful to share what God has done to us through the saving grace in Jesus Christ. Most certainly, we want to get it right, and we should, we should practice what we're going to say or how we're going to respond to someone who asks about our faith. And you can do this over a meal, Invite someone to your house. Meet them up for a cup of coffee. Extend love and care. Allow allow sharing the gospel to be a natural part of your discussions. It it doesn't need to be forced. Secondly, we need to remember that God has chosen before the foundations of the world who will receive the blessing of salvation. Zacchaeus was... Zacchaeus was was hated and despised because of who he was, and yet Jesus sought him out and saved him. It's not to us to judge and determine who shall hear the gospel and receive salvation. It's not up to us, based on any parameter we think is important or necessary to for salvation. Jesus said he came to seek and to save the lost, which includes the poor, the hated, and despised, the downtrodden, the rich, the wealthy, the educated, the uneducated, all of which are sinners alike. See, because what is impossible with man is possible with God. So we are commanded to share with all the good news of Jesus Christ. And lastly, we must remember that we're not the ones who save people. We're not the ones who save people. Jesus alone is our salvation. He alone saves. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He is still doing that through you and me when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for teaching us through a story like Zacchaeus, who would have been difficult, would have been impossible to pass through the eye of a needle except for God, which is all things are possible through him. We thank you Lord that we've learned that and we are continuing to learn that that Jesus is our salvation. He's the one who saves. We are commanded to go out and to spread the good news of that salvation through Jesus Christ to all. To the lost and those who are believing the same, share our testimony, share the good news. Rejoice in it together, what he has done. Lord, help us to do that as we encounter co-workers and friends who are unbelievers, family members. Lord, help us through many means that we have available to us, whether it be through a meal or getting together for coffee or sitting at the park or praying for someone, caring for someone. Lord, help us to to be representatives of you that share the gospel knowing that you have divinely ordained that meeting, that specific time for them to hear your word and your truth. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.